What Not the Podcast lent up early April the 8th, Friday, year of our Lord 2022. Two little devotional reflections, one on why the Hebrew words show up in the Greek New Testament and not in the Hebrew Old Testament, and then a question about how to pin down the pronouns in the Psalms and when you're reading the Bible, uh, some thoughts about that, uh, some good exegetical conversation today. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Here are a couple of devotional thoughts, Bible study thoughts. Uh, the first is a riddle. Why is it that you almost always, you almost only, you almost always only inquire Hebrew words in the New Testament? Words like Alleluia or Amen, or um, in the text coming up for Sunday, the triumphal entry, the word Hosanna. It means Lord save. It's from Psalm 118, verse 25. Save us, O Lord. Verse 25. Blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord. But in the, when you read the old the Hebrew Old Testament, it doesn't say Hosanna. It says save us, Lord. But then when you read um, say Matthew 21, verse 9, the crowd that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Why does it say it's translated in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, it's transliterated. It doesn't say, save us, Lord. It says, Hosanna. Uh, same when you read the Psalms where the Hebrew there is, Alleluia. It's translated, praise the Lord. But in, say, Revelation, you'll find the people singing Alleluia. Why? Why is that? It's actually a technical uh, answer. If you want to pause and discuss it with your friends and family, uh, you can do that uh, and try to solve the riddle. And I'll tell you when you come back what it is. So welcome back. <laughs> the answer is that um, the Bible, the, those translators that are bringing the Bible into English are translating the words. So you get the word Hosanna, you translate it. Lord save. But if the Greek uh, writers bring the word across by transliteration rather than translation, then the English interpreters also simply transliterate the words. That is, they just move it into the other letters, but they let the words stand. So in if you're looking at the Greek of Matthew 21, it doesn't say, uh, save us, son of David. It says, Hosanna. It uses the, the Hebrew word in Greek letters, so the New Testament translators say, well, if they wanted it to be the Hebrew word, then we're going to keep the Hebrew word. And so we see the, it just kind of wonderfully, but ironically, we see these Hebrew words uh, brought to us in the Greek New Testament. That's kind of cool. Uh, okay. The other thing I was thinking about this morning, yesterday, trying to imagine this, uh, we one of the things that we know is that the, the devil wants to enslave us to our desires. We become lust slaves or desire slaves. We hear lust and we think sixth commandment, and a lot of times it is, you shall not commit adultery, but you know, there, remember there's fifth commandment lust, which is anger, rage. There's seventh commandment lust, greed. There's eighth commandment lust, bitterness. There's fourth commandment lust, rebellion, chafing under the authorities. 
There's lust, which means just crooked, false desires, wanting the wrong things un, under all the categories of all the commandments. So, so we want the wrong stuff. That's concupiscence. That's the, one of the effects of original sin, that we just, we want wrong stuff. And the devil comes along and he says, hey, uh, you should have what you want. You should pursue what you want. You should chase after your own desires. And we know that's wrong, that, that that way is the way of death. That way of chasing after your desires is the way of, of corruption. Uh, so, I mean, even the old philosophers, most of them knew this. So you don't have to even need the Bible. The, the conscience can tell you this, but still the devil can come along and deceive us. And you see how it works. It's like, hey, I want that thing. And the devil wants me to want that thing. And then the devil presents the pursuit of our false desires as freedom. He did to Adam and Eve. He does to us still. You see it most clearly, I suppose, with sexual sin, where where here my own sinful flesh wants to do this thing. And the devil says, yeah, you should do that thing. And it's God who's the mean one who doesn't want you to live free how you want. He wants to put you in chains and bondage. And so the devil reverses things. Jesus says, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. Peter talks about how our our lusts are conforming us. They're entrapping us, enslaving us. This is the constant testimony of the scriptures. In fact, I need to probably just make a list of those passages that talk about slavery and, and lust together. So, so the devil wants us to, to be self-slaves, self-enslaved. And I'm trying to think of the picture. It's Can you imagine a man <clears throat> who's in prison, but he thinks that he's free? that he his little cell there is the free land and everyone else is in prison. And so he thinks that his prison door is keeping everyone else in prison and he's the only one who's living free. And he he thinks that all those people in prison are his slaves. You know, he says, bring me my lunch. And they bring him lunch every day. They bring him lunch and wash his clothes. And he, so he thinks that he's the free one when he's really in prison. This is the picture that of of what the devil is doing when he's captivating us to our own lusts and our own desires. So just a little thought experiment there that I, I think is helpful and good for us to remember, especially as we're dealing with a culture that thinks that following, chasing your own desire is living your authentic life as being free. We need to understand that freedom is not sin, Freedom is not doing the things that I want to do. We have to realize that the things that we want can be right or wrong, and that the Lord comes to set us free from the guilt of sin and from the power and the enslavery to sin. That's the, well, that's part of the good news of the gospel. May God grant it. Hello, Pastor Wolf Mueller. I was listening to your April 6th Lent Up Early podcast on my way to Wednesday evening Lenten service. And you mentioned how we should consider the pronouns when we're reading uh, scripture. Several weeks ago, the LCMS uh, memory verse of the week was Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. And I've been pondering them since, 
because it's not very clear in parts of those two verses, even if I look in context, which he is man and which he is God. If you don't know Greek, or I guess in the Old Testament Hebrew, um, how is the best way to uh, figure out which he means God and which he means man? Great question, Dawn. Thank you so much. And I didn't even know that the Missouri Synod had a memory verse of the week. That's kind of cool. I got to look that uh, verse up. Psalm 37, verses 23 to 24. The steps of a good man. Let me see how that translates. The steps of a man, 23, looking here in the, the steps of a good man. Yeah, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So the verse has a lot of he's there, and the question is which he's are the, uh, which one is talking about the Lord and which one is talking about the good man. It's a great, great question. So a couple of things, and maybe start uh, start here. Uh, looking at the pronouns, especially in the Psalms, is going to be key because it's going to get the direction. Is it an I psalm or a we psalm? In other words, an individual psalm or a congregational psalm? Is it talking to the Lord or about the Lord? Is it a prayer or is it a sermon? Is it talking to the Christian or to the world or the unbeliever? So, or who's talking to whom? That's the major thing. So, so the Psalms, when we take them up, are putting us in a certain place. For um, if as an example, Psalm 130, out of the depths I cried unto thee, O Lord. Well, that's an individual Psalm. And that psalm puts me in the pit. In other words, in, in fact, I think in a beautiful way, the prayers of the church put us in a place. When we pray, our Father, we are now in a family of God. So we have brothers and sisters, and God is our Father. That Just that, that phrase, it puts us in that place. And so the words that the Lord gives us to pray are defining us. I think about this a lot in this this kind of most beautiful part of the liturgy where we pray first, Lord, have mercy upon us. We, and that's where the Lord throws us in the gutter with blind Bartimaeus and says, go down there and pray for mercy. We say, well, Lord, I don't want to be in the gutter as with the beggars begging for mercy. I'm too proud to beg, we say, like the man in the parable. And the Lord says, nope, there you go. Get in the gutter. You are down there. And then the Lord puts in our mouths to pray in the liturgy, the Gloria and Excelsius, the song that the angels sang in heaven. And the Lord says, okay, now you come up here into the clouds and sing with the angels. And we say, Lord, I'm not worthy to be up there in the clouds singing with the angels. He says, yep, come on. So we're, like, we're too proud to beg. We're too humble to be exalted. And the Lord does both. He casts us down to the into the pit, and then he lifts us up to the sky, all in the Kyrie and and the Gloria. It's beautiful. So when we pray the Psalms, the Lord tosses us around. He, the Psalm 23 is looking at yesterday. The Lord tosses us into the into the meadow with the other sheep, and he's taking care of us. And then he puts us at the table in the middle of the battlefield. And and so the, the if we can go there, I suppose, with our imaginations as the Lord gives us these words to pray, it's really quite marvelous. And that's what looking at the pronouns does. It's really great. Now, the question is, how do we know these pro- who the pronouns are, because sometimes it's shifting back and forth. 
So, for example, Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who's praying that? We have the beautiful insight in the New Testament that that's a prayer of Jesus, and we come and pray that prayer in Christ. And a lot of the Psalms have that same feature. Now, I, just to be real honest with you, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of Missouri Synod pastors that really love this insight that Jesus is the one who prays the Psalms first, and then we pray the Psalms with them. They like to quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer's little devotional book on the Psalms. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I don't exactly know what that means. I've been trying to think about it for a couple of years to figure out if my own understanding of the Psalms is deficient in some ways. And and maybe I just, I'm not there yet. I just can't say that unless the Bible gives us the Psalm, like Psalm 68 or Psalm 22 or these, these messy, these, these Psalms belong to Jesus. Most of the Psalms I think belong to us. Uh, but so then we're, we're, as we wrestle with the Psalms and the poetry, there's sometimes some ambiguity about who, who's the he and the he. Now, uh, I want to tell you that the, um, the Greek and the Hebrew most of the time don't help. <laughs> so the pronouns are just as ambiguous in the original languages as they are in the English. So having the Greek and having the Hebrew is not going to be most of the time that big of a help to you. It mostly has to be understood in context. Now, there are some Bibles that have the convention of capitalizing the pronouns that belong to God. The New King James does this. I think the NIV does it, I think. Uh, I think that the New American Standard Bible does it in the Psalms. Those are, those are guesses. I could be very wrong about that. Some Bibles do. Other Bibles don't. Like the ESV or the King James, they don't capitalize any pronouns at all. Now, th- that's just English grammar. You don't capitalize pronouns. So it's a convention that the Bible interpreters or the Bible translators are using to try to indicate that the pronouns are divine. But that's not in the original language. You won't see any capital letters in, in Hebrew at all or any lowercase. It's just all one thing. And in Greek, they, the, pro, the pronouns are never capitalized. So it's the interpret, it's the, um, yeah, it's the translators who are adding those capital letters to try to help the Bible reader. So I was looking in the New King James for how they translated uh, these pronouns. Um, and, and that might be the kind of first step if you want to figure out who is talking about God and who's talking about man. But I think they get it wrong. <laughs> Here in Psalm 37. So looking again at verse uh, 23, it says, uh, the, the, the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. In that verse 23, it says, and he, capital, delights in his way. In other words, the Lord delights in the ways of the good man. Then it says, though he fall, lowercase, that means man, he shall not be utterly cast down, that's that's man, for the Lord upholds him, lowercase, with his, capital H, hand. I think they get it right in in verse 24. I think the his hand refers to the Lord's hand who upholds the righteous man. But I think in verse 23, it's the man, the good man, who delights in the Lord's way. Uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
But I, but it could go either direction. It could be that the Lord delights in the ways of a good man. The Lord loves us, delights in us. It could also be that we delight in the Lord, and there's just no way to, in fact, sort that out. So you have to bring your theology to bear, and you're really asking the question, is it law or gospel? But I suppose it. Mm. Well, you know what? I think the New King James interpreters make it more gospel than I do, because when, when we hear that it's the Christian who delights in the way of the Lord, that's law. It's nice law, third use of the law. It's kind law. The Lord changes the things that we love to be the good things that he gives. But the good news, the gospel, is that the Lord, in fact, delights in us. Like a bridegroom delights in his bride, so the Lord delights in his people. So this this phenomenal kindness that the Lord loves us and that the Lord likes us and that the Lord delights in us and that the Lord desires to have us as his own children to live with him forever. That's phenomenal news. So either way you take it, it's going to be right and going to be helpful. But I think there's just ambiguity in the text. So you're bringing your wisdom and the context to bear and doing the best that you can. Now, a last piece of advice. I think it's always good. I do this, uh, and I would encourage all of you to do this as well, is to have a little notebook or a little piece of paper to, that you have with you as you read and study the Bible. And just at the top right, questions for pastor. And whenever you come across something like this that you're wondering about, just jot it down there. And once you get 10 or 20 questions, then call up your pastor and uh, and say, hey, I got some Bible questions if you've got some time over lunch or for a cup of coffee sometime in the next few weeks when it's not too busy, uh, could I could we sit down and I could go over them with you? You can maybe even send them, text them to him so he can uh, dig around a little bit and then sit down and, and talk them through. This will be really wonderful. I have like seven different pastors that I talk to. So I got the Graf list and the Ketchumeyer list and the Melius list and the Gagline list and the Flammy list. So I've got all the different... Uh, guys that have kind of different expertise and different things. And so if I come across a question, I'm logging that to talk to them about. So so I think this is really uh, a good practice as well for every Christian to have that ongoing theological conversation with their pastor. The Lord ugh, blesses that because it it helps us to, to see things that we couldn't see before. Uh, so uh, I think the long answer is, I don't know. <laughs> but that's a really long way of saying, I don't know, because there's a lot to to know on the way. Thanks so much for the question. And you too, by the way, all the other listeners who um, are wondering why their questions got skipped because this voicemail was just left yesterday, that you too can get your question to the front of the line by calling and leaving a voicemail. Thanks so much for the question. Thanks for reading the Psalms. Thanks for pointing me to the LCMS memory verse. I got to check that out as well. Uh, God's peace be with you. Well, thanks for being part of the fun. Thanks for being a podcast listener. You, this little podcast grows by your sharing. That's, I think, the way people find it. So if there was some helpful stuff for you, or if you know other podcast theologians that you think would be encouraged or helped by this, you can you can share it with them. Uh, that's great. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you. appreciate your prayers. Heading into Holy Week, so... This will presumably be the last week of the Lent Up Early 
uh, podcast or season of what not the podcast I'm, I'm now trying to think of if there should be an Easter up early or I, maybe a Easter sleeping in podcast that might be the way to do it uh, not quite sure but keep the questions coming I've had a lot of fun I really enjoyed uh, this as a discipline and interaction so I'm trying to figure out how to mm, kind of send each individual podcast to the website so that there will be a place for interaction and conversation on each episode. That's what I'm trying to sort out. So if if anybody has ideas about that, let me know. You can contact me, wolfmuller.co slash contact. You can leave a message for the podcast, wolfmuller.co, I don't know, slash, you got to find the what not the podcast and click on that. Then there's a link to click on the button. Uh, so that's there. Uh, so hopefully that's uh, good for you. Hopefully it's fun. Uh, I think that's all. God's peace be with you. <laughs>